Welcome into episode 7 of the After Hours Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Brandon Apter. Make sure to follow the After Hours Podcast on Twitter, at After Hours Pod, and give it a like on Facebook. Just type in After Hours Podcast in the Facebook search bar and you'll be ready to go. I want to thank everybody that has listened so far to the podcast, and I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and is looking forward to a great holiday season as we dip into December here. I'm very excited for this episode of the podcast as I reach back into my high school years, uh, heck, even elementary school years, uh, and bring in one of my former uh, grade school classmates, Rachel Zatkoff. She's done a lot of great things in the theater industry since she's graduated from Upper Dublin High School and 2005, and I'm very excited to talk to her and see how her career has blossomed since then. So sit back and relax and enjoy episode seven of the After Hours podcast. Welcome back into episode seven of the After Hours podcast. I'm now joined by my former high school, middle school, elementary school classmate from Upper Dublin, Rachel Zatkoff. Rachel, thank you for coming on the After Hours podcast. Thank you. It's very great to have you here. And uh, for for the listeners that are listening right now, uh, just to let you guys know, this is probably what the first time Rachel and I have talked since mm, like 10 or 12 years ago. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I I did a quick little blurb on you before we started recording and uh, pretty much introduced that you are in the theater industry. Uh, You've been acting for quite some time. So I figured we'd just kind of jump into things and start at the beginning. Uh, I know you and I were in a production at some point in middle school, uh, and we'll get to that. But where where did it all start for you in terms of when when you started singing, when you wanted to, when you knew acting was kind of a thing that you wanted to do? So I pretty much started singing when I was four years old, like really young. My dad is a pianist, just you know for fun, not professionally or anything. But he basically instilled a love of music in me. Uh, at a very young age. And so I started singing then. And then I just growing up sang all the time. I just I loved it. And then I started taking formal voice lessons when I was 11 with a woman in Elkins Park named Susan Munzer. Okay. And I, I studied voice with her until I was 17 until I went away to college. Okay, so you started singing when you were 11. Uh, which is what around, is that like around the middle school age, I think like middle school, like sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. I started taking voice lessons when I was 11. It was about sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. So sixth grade. So when, what was like the first product, like what was the first theater production that you participated in? Well, technically the first theater production I participated in was actually in fifth grade. We did a fifth grade musical at Thomas Fitzwater Elementary School called Freedom Bound. I do remember that one. Was that the one that we all had to be in or was that? Yes, everybody had to be in it. I don't really know anybody else who has that same experience, like being required to be in it. I think I was just, I mean, I think I was just in the chorus. Yeah, I had, I was in, I actually also was in the chorus, but I had a solo and I was like an old lady. Um, And I even like kind of remember it. It was really crazy. But anyway, that was my first actual production. (laughs) And then um, in sixth grade, we did Free to Be You and Me. I don't remember that one. You don't remember that one? No. I think the first one that I was a part of was 
uh, was there was there a sixth grade play, and then there was like an older product or like an older grade production that we could be a part of? Because mine was Bugsy Malone. That was seventh grade. Yeah, so sixth grade was not an acting year for me. Right. So sixth grade we did do Free to Be You and Me, and then seventh grade was Bugsy Malone, which that was like the first big part I guess I ever had, which I played uh, Lousy Brown. <laughs> I remember uh, that show. I think the Bugsy Malone was played by what Andrew Cool was that who? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think the the part of that show that I remember is I played uh, two characters, uh, and it, it was part of like a gang that Bugsy Malone was in. Uh, yeah. And first, I remember the first scene. One of the first scenes of the show was me getting my hair cut uh, by a barber, and then oh I got God. sprayed with silly string. That's I, what I remember. I remember that, but like I totally wouldn't remember that unless you just said it. But I really do remember that. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I, I think after that, I had a very, very short turnaround to like the group singing uh, part that I had right. in that. And all three nights that the that the play went on at Sandy Run, I never made it once. It was too quick of a turnaround. Oh and I don't, I don't remember who the like the director was at that time, but she was never right. happy with me. She was not right. happy. That's hilarious. I don't remember who it was either. I think they were like having a transitional year that year. It's strange. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't I remember what she looked like a little bit, but yeah, that so, was that was a fun play, you know, a lot of but, uh, a lot of personalities. Uh, did yeah. you have a solo in that song in, in that one too? Yes, I sang a song called "Only a Fool," and I remember I sat on my suitcase and sang it. I really, rem- I do remember that because that was like the first solo song I had ever in a musical. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, that. so so Bugsy Malone was kind of like the first big. Well, "Free to Be You and Me" was the first like actual one. Yeah. Uh, then there was Bugsy Malone. Yes. And then was there, that was seventh grade. And so eighth grade was homeroom. And that, 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 uh, that introduced us all to a lot of fun. I have a ton of memories from that one. Uh, yeah. and, and just, just so people know, homeroom is a show about all of the differing personalities in, in school. So every, everybody from the bully to the jock to the special education kids, so right. our director there was Judy Pizzola, and she, she, you and she still keep in touch today, yeah? Yes, very much so. Um, yeah, I've, I've stayed in touch with her through the years. She's come to see me perform, and um, I've actually gone to go work with the kids at her theater company that she had started after we graduated. She started Young Stars Theater Company, and I have gone back to work with the kids and do a little concert for them, and yeah. So we stay in touch. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I know Homeroom was one of the first shows that she started doing because yeah. the the summer prior to that year that we did it in middle school, I was in it in like a summer stage, I guess you would call it. Um, right. So I did that and I actually wanted to audition for the, the role of Jeff, which I guess was played by Dave Call in oh, our yeah. year. So I originally wanted to do that, but my friend, who was a grade below, wanted to audition for that. So it kind of fell me into a different part. But why don't you tell everybody what your role was that was in that and what I, you kind of enjoyed about that show? I played, uh, my character's name was Christine. And I remember so many details about it. I, rem- I mean, I was kind of like a cool kid, a cool girl. You were the so- cheerleader, right? 
Yeah, like the and like I don't really um actually no, I wasn't the cheerleader. That was Lauren Bowles. Oh I yes, was, okay, yeah. Not in a cheerleading outfit, but I was like I was in a I remember I was in a red tank top and jeans and I thought that was so cool at the time. I don't know why. And I, and I, but it's so funny cause I was never really like the cool kid ever. I mean like, you know, like yeah. I, whatever that means. But I, so I, I remember being excited, really ex- I vividly remember checking the cap, the casting of that because I remember it was so dramatic. It was posted on some board in a hallway that we all ran to yeah. to see. I remember that. It's like so dramatic. And I, you know, and I really wanted a part so badly. And then, yeah, I was really, really excited to do that show. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, I I remember a lot of people that were in that. And so Rachel played Christine, the cool person. And I played the special ed (laughs) kid, uh, Alex. (laughs) And uh, that was my first like soiree into theater. Uh, if you don't count like me doing the summer stage one from before. So I guess it's cheating that I kind of got that part because I was so, I was so badass yeah. at it. I was so good right. at being the special ed kid the first time exactly. around that I just had to do it one more time. Had to reprise your role. Yeah, totally. And uh, I don't know. I just really liked it. I I didn't necessarily fit in with, with the theater group I, at that point. I think I did it because uh, two of my friends, uh, Adam Banani and Tim Javon at the time, yes. Uh, were just kind of looking to audition for it. And they they were just kind of like extra students. But I'm trying to remember a couple of the songs from there because I know you and I were talking a couple weeks ago that we were thinking about jamming out to some songs, but I can't remember any lyrics except for like my song. I could totally cheat and grab my script and score, which I still have perfect in perfect condition on my but I won't do that because that would be horrible. But I do remember from memory, like that today is today's the day song. Like the day's the day, the day we mm, <laughs> out of my was... head. I'm wondering what's the score, what's the something. I do remember they... that song. Do you remember that song? I do. I don't. I don't remember like the lyrics to that. The the ones that I remember other than myself are obviously like the first one. Uh, that went uh, home room. It's some kind of place and home room. Each day that I face is different. It's crazy. It's something to see. Uh, that that I'm really impressed. That I'm having flashbacks. I kind of want to go watch it now. That's yeah, so- I still I still have the video in that uh, weird rainbow colored video case that we were given. <laughs> and it was such an amazing really was an amazing show to do with middle school kids like in hindsight even at the time but even more so now when I look back it really it gave everybody an opportunity to you know do their thing yeah and who, who do you still keep in touch with that with that uh, from that show I know I know up to that point you were already friends with Gabrielle Meyer who yes. has a different last name now but yes she certainly does she's now Gabrielle Sullivan but um and professionally, Gabrielle Taran. But she, um, I, I definitely still keep in touch with her. She was in my wedding. Uh, Julie Crane. Oh, yeah. She was in uh, that. I, yeah, for, she, I forget what part she played, but she was in that. She had a big part, too. I just don't remember. I don't really remember. Was she and the then, bully? Or no? Mm, no, the bully was, was Kelsey Schroeder, I think. Oh, you're so right. Oh, my God. It's all coming back. And Jordan Fine. Oh yeah, well he called me a sped. Can uh, hashtag oh. never forget. Hashtag, hashtag never forget. Never forget. Yeah. Um, oh 
my god. But I mean, even even to this day, it's like I I forget exactly who like the piano person was for that. It might have been like Harley Smith. Harley Smith. Yeah, I think during the summer it was uh, Jessica Ritter. I just remember in my song at the end it was me and Gabrielle. So we we were we had the arms around each other, which was really like a lot for a prude middle schooler like me at that point. Exactly, exactly. I just remember. They were just like, Brandon, you're going to sing the higher part here. And I was just like, what? Why Why exactly would you make me do that? That's and literally- uh, I, cra- I cracked it pretty much every time we did it. The, I'm a person, you know, where I had to go like really high. Now I have to do falsetto in order to get there. But it happened It happened both times, like both during the summer stage and both and, and during the eighth grade version, too. Like it was so bad knowing that now I feel, I feel terrible about that. That's hilarious. That's just a quintessential middle school boy, you know, (laughs) shoe in the musical. Homeroom uncovered. Homeroom uncovered. But I mean, that, that, that song will never leave my mind. You know, I'm a kid in special ed and I'm classified LD. You know, that's all I'm. That is amazing. I remember my solo song was, is it love? And I couldn't Is it love that I'm feeling. Will it go? Will it stay? Is it real? And then I Just couldn't a fantasy. So I would go into like my high surprise. Like, Is it real or just a fantasy? <laughs> my brother yeah. was fun of that moment for me because I literally couldn't get through it. And it's just it's so hilarious now to look back and laugh because at the time it was so stressful. <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember like the summer stage version of it. I don't think she ever did acting once she got into like middle school or high school. There was a girl named Leah Norris uh, okay. who played one of I think she played who Julie was because they both wore tie dye. I remember they okay. both wore tie dye. Uh, and my friend Evan Wolken uh, played oh, yeah. Jeff. And he, wow. he, I, I will remind him to this day about it sometimes. And my parents will too, because we, we still hang out and keep in touch how he forgot his lines, uh, towards the end of it. Uh, it was right. when Jeff was talking about like, we're, we're, you know, all, we all have different personalities, but we all share the same homeroom. Like he kept kind of like mumbling and jumbling his lines and she just started cracking up about it. There were a lot more hiccups in the summer stage version than the critically acclaimed eighth grade version that we participated in. But <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. Again, I, I still have the video and now that we've reminisced about homeroom, uh, we can move on to high school. High school was a time where I just kind of stopped. I, I did not continue the theater thing. Uh, yeah. I was not a, I was just not a huge fan of it and decided to go off towards the band side of things. Yeah, um, you did. To, to talk about kind of how the high school experience started out for you. I know Debbie Thompson was the director at the time, and things kind of got a little more hardcore in high school when it came to they the whole theater. Did. I, I couldn't wait to get to the high school and work with Debbie. I I had been hearing about her forever. And then in middle school, my older brother was in high school and he was taking, he was taking theater class with Debbie and doing the sh- a couple of the shows. And I just could not wait to get there and work with her because I had just heard such wonderful things. And I took her theater classes in high school every year. And it was really amazing to even have that as 
an option. And I did I did the musical every year. I I don't think I remember one. I don't think I remember one. I think I remember uh, Jek- Jekyll and Hyde. Was that one of yes. them? Jordan yes. Fine was in that one. Yes. Uh, my freshman year, we did Footloose. And I was in the ensemble and I understudied Lindsay Roberts, who's still my good friend now. I'm in the character of Rusty. Mm-hmm. And that was a fun show. And I and we I always did the children's theater pieces, too, which were directed by the seniors. And then my sophomore year musical was Oklahoma. And I was in the ensemble again. I like that show. That's a good one. It was so beautiful. It are yeah, I mean people that don't know I think it just has a good score. Totally awesome and just our program in general was so incredible in the high school. It just all of our productions were extremely top notch and way ahead of most high school yeah. theater events. And and then junior year we did the Scarlet Pimpernel. Oh, I do and remember I, that one. And that one was we that was the first year they decided to double cast which, you know, was this big deal. And I was double cast with Lindsay Roberts. How about that? In a part, the part of Marguerite. And that that show was so gorgeous. The, this, I'll never forget the set of that show and the costumes were seriously more professional than some professional theater that I've done <laughs> since. Yeah. And then my senior year, we did two musicals. We did Into the Woods in the fall, which I played the witch. And then we did Jekyll and Hyde and I played Lucy. I remember Into the Woods vaguely because I think the chorus that year uh, was doing was doing Into the Woods as one of the songs right. for one of the winter or spring concerts. I don't really remember. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure high school was one of those times where you build up your, your base of friends and everything from middle school and then you go to high school. I'm sure it was very similar to, to how it was in band. I, I mean, I joined marching band my sophomore year. So freshman year, I was just kind of tread water, I guess. I tried out for the freshman baseball team and didn't make it and they ended up going 0-13-1. So their loss for, for that one, I could have brought a lot to that team but yeah I, I think one of the big things that's so great about getting into theater or getting into music in general is having that group of friends that you grow a base with and, and kind of grow with them throughout your entire professional life and as we talked about before how you still keep in touch a lot with the people that you've performed with it just is kind so of a many. statement to that it's pretty amazing I mean so many of them even you know like you said it's you kind of form this community of people and it's not only people in your grade, which is the really cool part, you know, with any extracurricular, I suppose, in high school, you, you end up making friends in all of the grades. And, you know, I, I've, I've stayed in touch with so many people. I mean, I had people, I've had people, I am still in touch with so many and so many of them, again, are so supportive of my career now come I have people that were seniors when I was a freshman that have come to see me perform and I, it's really kind of incredible it was a really tight-knit group of people almost like family the theater department at Upper Dublin yeah yeah definitely and and that's a, that's great stuff uh, that people coming out to see you perform. That that's awesome. I, I know I, I can't remember if my sister got to see you perform at all. I know she lives in that area. She may she may have once or, or twice. She definitely did. Yeah, she definitely has. For so, sure. Cool. Um, so after after high school, uh, you went off to do undergrad at Rutgers. Yes. And they had productions there, I assume, as well. Yes. I, I actually didn't study musical theater. I studied vocal performance, which is classical voice. So I didn't do musicals at all in college. I did operas and sang in different languages and did all sorts of operas and opera scenes programs where we did different scenes from different operas. 
And that was kind of the direction I was heading in. The, the voice teacher I studied with from when I was 11 until I was 17 was an opera, a former opera singer. And that's how I was being trained classically. And I wasn't sure whether I wanted to go to college for theater or for opera, classical voice. And I ended up going to Rutgers for classical voice. So, um, But we did do some beautiful opera productions at Rutgers. And then after Rutgers, you did your, you got your master's from Temple, correct? Yes. I went right for my master's. As soon as I graduated, I started the next semester um, at Temple uh, in graduate school also for classical voice performance. And since then, it seems like just looking at, at what you've done since high school and, and college, it's it's kind of a little bit of everything. Uh, you studied it classical is. voice, but what was your first show that you performed in like once you got out of, well, actually while you were in college, now that this popped into my head, can you talk a little bit about the experience that you got to have in Italy in the oh, Daniel Farrell vocal program? I was reading about that and that just seems yeah. super awesome. Oh, that was maybe the most inspiring three weeks of my life. Um, I I wanted to do a summer program and it was, I, I auditioned, that was my first big audition too. I mean, I remember I, I came into New York City on the train and it was snowing and I got lost and I couldn't find uh, Daniel Farrow's Upper West Side amazing, <laughs> gorgeous apartment that I was auditioning in. And then I got to the audition and my music was out of order in my binder. And I was kind of a hot mess, to be honest. I mean, I was sounds, prepared. I mean, it sounds like a mix of a Monday and Friday the 13th all, <laughs> exactly. all in one. <laughs> exactly. And so I, I had my audition. It ended up going pretty well, but I didn't, I wasn't sure whether I would get into the program. And um, I did. And I went to Italy, traveled to Italy by myself. This was the summer between my junior and senior year of college. Or maybe it was between my sophomore and junior year. And now I, I truly, it was summer of 2007. So I know it was 10 years ago, which is totally insane. But anyway, I, I spent three weeks in Reve in Chianti, which is this small, beautiful town in Tuscany. And we studied opera and uh, we were split into two groups. There was an intermediate group and an advanced group. I was in the intermediate group and I just was so mesmerized by the talent and so deeply, deeply inspired by Daniel Farrow, who's actually no longer with us, but he was an incredible man. And he just, that summer, I knew for sure that I all I wanted to do was sing professionally and have that be my life, really. Yeah, that seems like a super cool experience, getting to it perform was... in so many like different places. In... Yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to Italy. Hopefully I'll, I'll get to go there someday. Yes, but if I, I'm trying to think of like an equivalent that I had in college, and I can't really think of one. Well, I, yeah, I can. 2008, me and my college marching band did a trip to Ireland, which I absolutely wow. loved. Um, wow. And it was very surprising because like my college band was just not... I mean, I, I loved performing in it and everything, but moving from like Upper Dublin High School marching band, which was like very highly competitive uh, yeah. to like Lockhaven University... Uh, it was just kind of like I went from being like a second trumpet playing the harmonies to like being first trumpet playing the lead parts, which was just something I wasn't necessarily used to. So we we got to do a trip over to Ireland, 
uh, because our band director knew one of the directors that was uh, going with uh, a different band. I forget exactly what it was, but we got to perform in the St. Paddy's Day Parade in Dublin, which was unreal. Uh, I think there were like five or 600,000 people there. And you just kind of appreciate the different parts of the world there. Like I thought bagpipes were the most annoying things in the world until you actually hear them played properly. And right. Uh, right. With a lot of them in a group, so I mean, I th- yeah, that's definitely really cool. How how the the overseas scene is such a big influence, and some people it, just don't really don't. It's it's one of those things where you, it's tough to explain and, until you actually do it. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so after uh, living in Italy, what was your first show that you did post college? So after graduate school, I moved to New York and. I was auditioning and I, the first thing I did was this chamber opera called Villa Diodati. And it was at the York Theater here, here in the city. And it was an interest. it was a beautiful piece. And it was kind of a crossovery type piece. Like it was a chamber opera, but some elements of it were very much so in the realms of musical theater. So it was a really cool piece. Um, and that was the first professional job I did here in New York. And so you went from that, that was in what, like 2012? And then you went on to play Annie, or Anne, I'm sorry, in A Little uh, a little Night Music. What, what, what was that play about? That came actually a bit later. So I actually, I so I did, uh, I did Villa Diodati. And then I ended up actually doing Most Happy Fella at the Capo Opera. And then after that musical, I stayed, um, the Capo Opera Theater, which doesn't exist anymore, they they had what was called a resident artist program. And so I became a resident artist there and I sang in their operas for a year between, two, between 2012 and 2013. And then in 2013 was when I did West Side Story. I, I booked West Side Story. Oh, I love which that was, show. It was that was an international tour. So I toured the world for nine months playing Maria. And that was... That was a total dream. That's maybe, yeah, it, it was one of the best experiences ever. And and then when I came back from that is when I did a little, little night music. Mm-hmm. That's when I played Anne in A Little Night Music, which is an amazing Sondheim musical that I did in uh, Syracuse, New York with, uh, with uh, Syracuse Opera. Cool. And a pretty hilarious show. And it, it's just kind of like this big farce and it's, it's really, it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's a really brilliant, brilliant musical. And I, I did that with a couple people that are now my very close friends. And actually, while I was doing a little night music, I was the only person in the cast that didn't have another job coming up. Like I didn't have another show booked after that. Mm-hmm. And I was freaking out. I mean, I was absolutely freaking out all of my friends in the show, like I'm the only one here who doesn't have a gig coming up, blah, blah, blah. When am I, maybe I'll never work again. It was like this whole thing that we kind of always go through when we end a show, if we don't have something that's next, you know? Yeah. And then miraculously. So the next thing I ended up doing was making my Broadway debut. And so that was a really crazy series of events. I mean, it was months and months and months and months and months later Mm -hmm. uh, that I went without, a job and and lots of auditions and everything. And then just happened to be the next thing I did. So a lot of my friends from 
little night music joke and they're like, Oh, remember when you were like, Oh, what am I, what am I going to do? I'm never going to work again. I'm, <laughs> I'm the only one without a job coming up. And then you called all of us and told us you were going to be on Broadway. And it's just, it was very, it, it was kind of unbelievable. And it was a life lesson for me for always because I've since had many moments of feeling like that this, this terrible question that kind of looms over every actor of just like, Oh, what am I going to do next? Oh, what if I never work? Oh, what if I never get to do something wonderful again? And I just kind of remember that quite literally anything can happen at any time. If you just keep moving forward and, you know, auditioning and doing the real work, which the real, you know, the job is, we're, we're always working. We're working when we're not in a show. It's like, that's the real job. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's what I was going to ask. Like, in between, when you were in between or looking for what's next, were there any, like, side jobs that you had to do outside of theater to kind of keep yourself going? Well, in graduate school, I, I and before graduate school, I've always was a waitress. I served in restaurants. But I, during my second year of graduate school, I started teaching voice lessons. And... I loved it so much more than I ever thought I would. And I, when I moved to New York six years ago, I started a voice studio here. Now, I I mean, for the last few years, I, I have a pretty thriving uh, voice studio here in the city. And I teach private voice lessons, um, which is really something I love so much. It really fuels me in a special way and inspires my students, inspire me. And I work with all different types of singers and different age ages and levels, and they're all kind of pursuing different things. And it's really amazing. So that's, that's my job when I'm not in a show, but if I'm in a show that's in New York, then I, I still continue to teach along with being in the show. So it's a really special job because it's obviously attached to what I love. I don't, I've never felt like it's this survival job is right. what everybody calls it. You know, I, it's, it's always um, good. Yeah. It's always good when on the side of the job that you enjoy is just an extension of, right. of what you're doing. And that sounds exactly like exactly what that is. And that is the perfect way of putting it it is truly an extension that kind of works out for me sometimes mostly i make comparisons that make no sense but i'm glad (laughs) i'm glad it came together uh for this one that was a winner (laughs) all right yeah all right yeah i'll write that one down for future for future (laughs) podcast episodes but uh so we we talked about kind of like your 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 post-grad years and everything Can, can you bring me through kind of what like the process, like an abridged version, obviously, of the process of what you went through to not only audition for Phantom, but like how how you received the call and how that all kind of uh, came together for you. Yeah, I, I, I basically, I had gone to every, you know, they have a ton of open calls in New York. And I went to pretty much every open call for Phantom of the Opera, every open audition that I possibly could right when I moved here. And in 2015, I was really looking to um, get an agent. And I I wanted somebody, you know, somebody to be on my team and help me out. You know, I knew I was still going to have to do my part, but I really wanted someone to help facilitate getting me some bigger appointments for bigger jobs. And so I ended up with a wonderful agent that I'm still with. And I met him. He started getting me some bigger audition appointments. In fact, the the first audition appointment he got me was for Christine and Phantom. 
And I went and had my audition. Nothing really happened. Two months later, they called me back in. I went in, had my audition. Then two weeks after that, I went in again. And that was a callback. And then after that callback, I went in again the very next day. And I knew that this was a final callback. There were many people in the room behind the table. I was being videotaped for them to show it to, you know, higher, higher up creatives. And but much of the creative team was there in the room. And I, I was in my final callback for an hour and seven minutes, just about just singing material from the show, reading a scene from the show. And yeah, I, I, I left that final callback and I called my husband and I, I walked to his office and I just kind of cried because I was so emotionally drained. And I was like, you know, that was an incredible experience. Whether this ends up panning out and happening or not, that was just such an unbelievable experience. And I feel so fortunate to have had the opportunity to, to sing all of that material in front of the people that were in that room. And it was so amazing. And then I ended up not, I, they, you know, my agent was like, you know, hopefully we'll know something soon. Of course, when they say that you kind of just are waiting by your phone constantly, you're just like, every time your phone rings, or you get an email, you kind of freak out. And then you know, it's it's like some customer service or some some crazy call that has whenever whenever you're waiting to hear back from any sort of job thing, any any sort of phone call that's unidentified is like a mini panic attack. And then you pick it up. And it's just like, hi, this is Rachel from card services. A hundred percent. Experienced a lot of that. And then I, I actually, then we were told we were going to know by a very, by a specific date. And it was a Friday and I didn't hear anything. And I kind of just assumed, okay, like, you know, maybe I didn't get it. But my agent kept saying, no, you never, you know, I'm not sure. I don't think the offer's gone out yet. We'll see. And then about a few days after that, I was I was actually home at my parents' house in Delaware, and I got a phone call from my agent while I was in a workout class. I was taking my mom's Zumba class, All right. <laughs> and my phone was in my pants, literally, and it vibrated, and I was kind of like, well, I'm not going to get this. And I walked out of the class and I saw that I had a missed call and a voicemail from my agent. I was like, oh, God, I hope I wonder what this is. And I didn't tell anybody I, like my my parents or anybody. And I listened to the voicemail and it just was like, hey, Rachel, it's Michael. Give me a call whenever you get a chance. Thanks. Bye. You can't, it was like, you can't just say it over the voicemail. You have exactly. to there has to be a cliffhanger for everything. <laughs> exactly. So I then called him back. I, I went we went home after the Zumba class. I went upstairs into my bedroom into my closet and sat on the floor I called him and he answered the phone and he said, Hey, Rachel. I said, Hey. And he said, how would you feel if I told you that you're going to be making your Broadway debut next month? And I just kind of had this out of body experience where I was screaming and crying and I ran downstairs and I still had him on the phone and I was (laughs) crying and making inaudible words and sounds and just for literally what felt like an eternity until I could, you know, gather myself. And it just was a phone call that you, someone like me, I I dreamt my whole life of getting that phone call. And I never, ever really thought I never, you always hope something like that will happen when you are trying to pursue a career like this, but you, 
you never really can imagine it happening. And then when it happens, it's just a totally magical, wonderful roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, so. I think out of body is a, a great way to explain how it feels. I think there are so many instances or actually not too many instances where where you get to feel like that. But I, I remember, I, I mean, it's, it's not like super similar, but I remember I was interviewing for a job in Brooklyn, New York uh, for their minor league team, the Brooklyn Cyclones, after wow. I had done internships in, in Reading, Pennsylvania and Wilmington, Delaware. I was looking for a full-time job, so I interviewed like three times. But during my third interview there, I was also waiting to hear back like three weeks from uh, this team in Frederick that I ended up working with for three years. So I'm in between uh, interviews, between meeting the general manager and the, the assistant general manager, and I get a phone call. Uh, my phone starts buzzing when I'm talking to the general manager, and I listen to voicemail and everything and it's this guy from frederick who wants to talk to me and i ended up calling him while i was in the bathroom and ended up getting that job and the weird part of that is that i had to then completely finish an interview for another team that i kind of knew that i was not going to take a job with and yes. it was kind of it was very out of body because it was just like I it's, it was one of those odd situations. And of course, knowing my luck, uh, my battery in my car died. So I then also had to stay there for two extra hours, which was a little weird as well. Yeah, I mean, out of body experiences, those those are crazy. And that's just seems like a just overwhelmingly exciting. And and uh, I, I remember, you know, I, I don't really remember how how long we've been like Facebook friends for, but I remember kind of when I saw that. I, I even remember like t- calling my my mom and my dad and like my sister and be like, hey, I remember Rachel Zatkoff from high school? Like she's performing in Phantom now. That's pretty cool. Oh my God, that's so sweet. And so I love that. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's those things, those little things where, you know, uh, we weren't necessarily like super close friends in school, but it's like you see right. people going through their career and achieving their dreams. And it's just something that you have to be just super excited for. I know when I saw that, I was just like, wow, that's that's super cool. And I think that was around the time I started getting into uh, like acapella too. And there's this one group I really enjoy uh, called Voice Play. And they did a cover of uh, Phantom of the Opera, uh, a couple of their songs, and it was phenomenal. Whenever I hear that, I'm just like, hey, I know somebody that performed in that show on Broadway. So <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's that's really so sweet. And I feel the same way about seeing all of my peers, you know, have success. And I, I just it, it makes me really happy to see people that I even people that weren't necessarily close, like super close friends, like you said, like it's just and you know that somebody was pursuing something specific or even not, and, and they have this great success. You're just like, wow, good for you. You know, it's a, it's a good, it's a good feeling. Yeah. So you, you did Phantom and yeah. getting towards the, the end. Well, not obviously not the end of your career, but getting towards where you are now. <laughs> I uh, hope not. Currently you're, you're playing Alice in the secret garden. I got back um, just this last month from, Houston, Texas, which is where I was doing that show. Um, and it was beautiful. The production started in Washington, D.C., and then it moved to Seattle, and I joined the production in Houston. So they're kind of trying it out in a few different cities before hopefully trying to bring it to New York. So that was a really 
beautiful show. So what what are you currently working on? Currently, I have a lot of concerts right now going on. I actually, I sang a couple concerts in the last couple weeks, and I have a big concert coming up on Saturday, which is the concert is called Women Who Compose for Broadway. And it's a bunch of, we're just singing a bunch of music from female composers who composed for Broadway shows. And it's kind of incredible because in a hundred years, there have only been 20 female composers to have shows on Broadway. And so I'm doing that with four other wonderful actors. Um, and we're doing that on Saturday. And I also have a couple cons- Christmas concerts, Christmas caroling gigs with New York City Opera. So I've won this week and won the following. And and then the week after that, I'm singing in a big gala um, honoring Jerry Zach, who is a very, very famous Broadway producer, director, everything. That's awesome. That, yeah. So I have a, this is kind of like a month of concerts. I did a jazz concert um, a couple weeks ago and yeah. And then I just have a couple things coming up in the new year and yeah, teaching, auditioning, just super busy. Well, yeah, all the, that sounds awesome. And again, like we, we talked about before, it's really cool to see you per, not only pursuing uh, dreams that you have had, uh, but also achieving them as well. Uh, and, and it's really super cool to get to be able to talk to you because even though I didn't continue in theater, uh, I still kind of took the route of, of music and, uh, you know, in college I joined the national honorary band fraternity, uh, Kappa Kappa Psi and kind of, you know, extended my group of, of, you know, people that I'm close with that are bonded by music. And it's just crazy how far, how far that reaches. And at least for me, my, my theater career though, uh, brief, uh, came full circle when I played in the pit orchestra in college when they did a production of Susicle. So I kind of rekindled my spirits of, of, of really liking musicals and loved Avenue Q. That was one of my favorites. And uh, I, this past December, December 2016, I actually saw In Transit, which was like the acapella, the first ever yes. acapella uh, yes. Broadway show. And I loved it. I have the soundtrack and everything. It was phenomenal. It was great. It was great. I saw that too. It was, it was great. Really great. So, uh, yeah, again, I, I appreciate you taking some time to, to come chat with me. Um, of course. Are there any places like on social media that, that people can follow your work? Yes, people can go. I'm, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as just Rachel Zatkoff. And I also have a website that probably currently needs to be updated, but I, I it's usually <laughs> pretty up to date. That's where I got um, my research from. Yeah, well, I, I think I need to just change a few things on there. <laughs> but I, <laughs> but yeah, they can look at my website too, rachelzatkoff.com. All right, um, awesome. Thank, thanks again for coming on. This has been fun. And uh, before I let you go, I just want to let you know, uh, I did see on your Instagram uh, either last week, the the live story that you were watching Home Alone, which is my favorite Christmas movie. Is that your favorite Christmas movie too? It's, it's, it's One probably of them? a tie between Home Alone and Christmas Vacation, but I really, I do love Home Alone. It's Home kind Alone of like- or Home Alone 2? Which one's better? Well, that's the someone else just asked me this recently and it's, I honestly have to say Home Alone 1. I love Home Alone 2. Like, no hate on Home Alone 2. I absolutely love it. But I, I'm just like a purist. So yeah, Home Alone 1 
I think I'm with you on that one. And, yeah. and I, I'm just very confused uh, in the second one how they were 45 minutes away from making a flight and they were still <laughs> at home, yet they managed to get a 17-person family through security right. and they right. just handed their tickets without getting scanned or anything. Right. It's crazy how things have changed. <laughs> Insane. I mean, totally different. Wild. Yeah, so uh, thanks again, Rachel, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. 